just noticed uh, so on the table in front of me there's a packet of salami hobnobs another packet of crisps chocolate yazoo and four pork pies <laughs> no time to diet <laughs> very good, so, That's good. Uh, Hello and welcome to the Little Film Podcast. My name's Adam, and with me tonight I've got Dave. Hello! Ollie. <laughs> Howdy. Patrick. Hello there! And Tony. Hey. How's it going, everyone? Are you alright? It's good to see you all. Good to be with you. We've been uh, we've been dragged out of retirement for one, one final assignment. Although that joke kind of works better, assuming that this comes out before the June episode, which we've just recorded, but probably it'll be June 1st. So, you know, doesn't work. Do I, should I cut that? <laughs> cut all of this so far? No, I think it's funny if you keep in the thing of you saying, shall I cut that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we, yeah, full disclosure, we've just recorded uh, June, gone straight into this with a, a brief intermission where Dave and Patrick have uh, popped down to the shop to get some Yazoo. Which we did, and we picked up batteries, and we did it well, I think. we did. <laughs> yeah, I think if someone had said, go to the shop, get Yazoo and batteries, that's what we came back with. Yeah. <laughs> And, bis- and biscuits. Wrong flavour, but... Mm. Yeah, you wanted strawberry yazzy and you come back with chocolate. So if I'm in a foul mood in the pod, that's why. Yeah, yeah Dave's had too much sugar now and is overexcited. Yeah, the chocolate's really... Get me going. <laughs> chocolate milkshake and a couple Speaking of biscuits. Speaking of which, may I have a hobnob? I'll eat it away from the mic. Oh. <laughs> There's barely any left. Yeah, oh. I, had, I had one. Who has eaten all of those, actually? Just to set the scene, yeah, the, the spread on the table, um, the <laughs> chocolate milkshake and salami. It's, like, <laughs> it's real, uh, yeah. it's classy stuff. Well, on the pod today, we are talking about No Time to Die, the new James Bond movie, uh, directed by Kerry Joji Fukunaga of True Detective fame. Mm. Had a somewhat troubled production history, I think it'd be fair to say, of this Bond film. Danny Boyle was originally slated to direct, but he quit in 2018. And obviously, the release has been delayed and then delayed again and then delayed a third time, I think, due to the pandemic. But it's finally out. Uh, we're going to give our scores in a second and then probably talk for uh, unnecessarily long time about what we thought about it. But just to say up top, as always, that we do do this with spoilers. Um, so if you haven't seen the film, but to be honest, we're quite late on this, aren't we? I mean, this came out, what, over a month ago? If you haven't seen it by now, you don't care, really, about spoilers, do you? So I'm assuming that everyone's... It's probably out on video by now as well. <laughs> on VHS. Yeah. Although it Laser is a disc. film where there is a spoiler in it that you probably, if you haven't seen it, wouldn't want to know about beforehand. That's a very good point. If you're thinking, like, well, it's fine, I'm watching it. You mean on. when that henchman gets shot? <laughs> yeah, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, All those cars are zipping along. When Q, <laughs> when Q gives him that gadget, it really uh, really blew my mind. Uh, but no, you are right, Dave. If, if anyone's listening to this thinking like, well, it's Bond, you know, who, who cares about the plot? There is, there is a, big, a big moment, which yeah, we'll, I'm sure we will talk about. Here, though, is uh, the synopsis of the movie from Rotten Tomatoes. In No Time to Die, Bond has left active service and is enjoying a tranquil life in Jamaica. His peace is short-lived when his old friend Felix Leiter from the CIA turns up asking for help. The mission to rescue a kidnapped scientist turns out to be far more treacherous than expected, leading Bond onto the trail of a mysterious villain armed with dangerous new technology. I mean, having said no spoilers, or, you know, that we're going to be doing this with spoilers, I mean, that does sound like pretty much every James Bond film mm. ever, doesn't it? But that, that is the synopsis that they've given on the Rotten Tomatoes. I just read it out. I don't know why you're giving me a hard time about it. So... I don't think anyone was this time. <laughs> yeah, um, like, a bit touchy on, about it, thought, Beth, yeah. actually. A bit, bit, bit sort of spiky about the synopsis. Uh, we're going to give our scores in a second, but Ollie, first of all, you've got the scores from Metacritic, Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb. Uh, yep, so IMDb, 7.5. Rotten Tomatoes, 84%. Metacritic, 68%. Pretty good. Pretty, pretty good yeah, scores. Pretty pretty I good. reckon that's quite high for a Bond film. Yeah, especially especially IMDb. Let's get our scores on the doors. Our scores out of ten. Who wants to start? I started with June, so not me. Dave, 
seven. Patrick? 7.5. Ollie? 8.5. Tony? 8. I'm going to give it a 7.5. That's, that's pretty pretty positive, really, uh, all round. Who wants to kick us off there? What were your expectations coming in? Uh, I will admit to having had quite low expectations. Uh, I didn't enjoy the last few Daniel Craig movies very much. So I went to see it because I thought, well, it's Bond. You know, I always go and see Bond. But I wasn't expecting to enjoy it anywhere near as much as I did. I, th- I thought, yeah, Spectre left quite a bitter taste in the mouth with how bad it is and the fact that they set up Blofeld as basically being responsible for everything that happened in any of the other films, which undermines, I think, the quality of those films. I think Casino Royale and Skyfall are both good Daniel Craig films. So, like, this one, I think, would have... It would have been a tough gig to get it as badly wrong as Spectre. So I thought it was, yeah, it's good. I think, yeah, Daniel Craig's done three good, two bad Bonds. You could be maybe happy with that output. Mm. (laughs) Good return. For me, it was the first time in recent memory with a Bond film where there's been, like, the main character Bond has had... It's a knowledgeable guy. <laughs> no spoilers. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Where Bond, has ha- where Bond has had genuine jeopardy, mm. as in, you know, with his daughter, mm. uh, with the love of his life. It's the first time I can remember where Bond actually had something on the line which he genuinely cares about. Because the classic Bond thing is save the world, save the world, save the world. Mm. But this time it was saving the people that he loves which I, for me was like quite welcome because it's not been like that and, and just on that point it's like can bond be saved as in as like sort of spiritually or whatever like bond is he redeemable as a character because he's as you say he's suddenly got um more to it than just him like bond is ultimately a very lonely yeah figure when you think of it in all the films and even the fact that in the vast majority of bond films apart from on Her Majesty's Secret Service, in which she gets married and then she dies. You know, even the fact he's always, like, always a, a different girl, but it's kind of, there's not much of substance it's all in throwaway. his life. It's it, all throwaway, isn't it? Like, generally. Yeah. generally. Mm. Well, it, interesting you mentioned On Her Majesty's Secret Service because there's a lot of parallels and then there's a lot of kind of evocation of that movie in this one, including the song yeah. All the Time in the World. Anyway, sorry. Tone? What do you want? Just... <laughs> <laughs> What's the question? An opinion. Yeah. Totally. Another, um, another water, actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, no, I definitely went in with l- low to moderate expectations off the back of just what Bond had become. Or the, Some of those films are so forgettable from the last... Like, Quantum of Solace, I literally mm. can't remember anything from that film. Can I just jump in there to say that uh, a challenge to our thousands of listeners, um, name a more forgettable film than Quantum of Solace. And it, presumably you might have forgotten it if you can't come up with one. This might not sound as uh, as specific as it is in my head, but I remember there's an explosion. At the, <laughs> there's an explosion at the end, and it's something to do with like a <laughs> container ship or like some desert or something. But yeah. it's, it's remarkable. I think I've seen it twice. <laughs> I literally, can't. I think I've seen it twice. Is there a parachute failure in it? <laughs> <laughs> just, I've got no recollection. It's actually bizarre, and, and yet apparently there's been some stuff recently where people are like, maybe they're just being controversial, but they're like, no. If you actually look, look, examine it, go through it, it's, it's actually a very good Bond film. It's like... I think there's a bit where Bond kind of walks across the screen in the barrel of a gun <laughs> and then like spins around and shoots. Do you remember that bit? There is... No, yeah, it's like what you're saying about it, what, yeah, something being a good Bond film, that is like a, a, such a long-running franchise and probably the most... The biggest... It's probably the biggest movie franchise of all time, is it not? Um, this idea of like a Bond film having to be a Bond film and having you know just sort of slightly tweaking the the cliches and stuff along the way like that they it's it started to really suffer from that mm. um so, so yeah i think it's i think it's turned a corner slightly um with this one so but, yeah i was gonna say so that said for me there is kind of like one unbreakable rule of the bond films is it the which one is, they broke yeah mm. which well, is that you can't really kill him off. He's essentially like an indestructible character. Even at the end of this film, in the credits, it says, James Bond will return. 
when they've definitively killed yeah. off this version of James Bond. Like, there's something about that. Like, I, I, I really agree with all the stuff about, like, yeah, adding in, like, you know, someone who's, like, the love of his life and the daughter to give him, like, some, like, emotional depth really works. But just killing him off at the end, it's like any sort of new version of that character. Like, how does that work? Yeah. Were, you, were you for surprised? Yes. Not really. That they killed... So um, he had last chance to avoid the spoiler. Bond is dead. <laughs> Bond dies in this one. At I, the end, I, did, I, I was, <laughs> I was surprised that he died. Yeah, just because you're, because you, I didn't go seen, into expect. I, obviously, we all knew it was Daniel Craig's last I movie. It, but I didn't in go a way, in. do you sort of you sort of admire it because you're like, well, it's bold. Seen, yeah. You also, you've seen twenty plus Bond films where the it's the same ending every time. Mm. But I agree with Dave that <laughs> it's, it's very confusing. Like, well, how they're going to the move next forward. one is is that like you know the 008 or whatever. But it's like, I also well, find I, it quite I, strange. Like. When he died on screen, I didn't mind. I like I did. Like I didn't care. <laughs> like I had literally like it was one of the things I was like, oh, I really don't care that they've killed him off. Like, in in if this was just like its own standalone uh, standalone movie, I was like, meh, yeah, really, all right. And then I thought about it when I went home, and I was just like, what? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and they didn't just kill him, did they? They absolutely obliterated they, him. They blew him to shit. Yeah. there's like no question that he's like. Just hiding to, under the just rafters to get there. into to get, get into um, <clears throat> the nitty gritty already. Couldn't he have just shut the latch again? As in, it's quite funny. He they say like Bond, make sure you open the um, the blast doors. The blast doors, otherwise the things won't be damaged. So he opens them, and then the bad guy closes them, and then Bond has to go in person and open them again. Then they're like Bond, we've already sent the missiles, and you're still there. Why didn't you just close them? Good question. Hmm. Or he's really worried about these mysterious buyers that are coming to pick up all the stuff. So this is what I I marked the film down on. All the plot stuff with Safin, and maybe, like, this is, you guys could tell me, I just missed it. None of it made any sense to me. I got why he was, like, after Bond's girlfriend at the beginning of the film, because they'd killed his family. I kind of got why he took out Spectre, because they were responsible for killing his family. I don't get why... Firstly, he doesn't age in the time that she ages, but also then has this sort of like des- like island hideaway, like every Bond villain, by the way, with like an island there. Doctor Evil. Uh, and is he trying to kill a load of people in the world, or is he selling it? Like, why is he doing that? Like, yeah, what? Like, what's his problem with Bond? Like- Spectre was incredibly complicated as well. It was incredibly complicated, but not in a good way. I don't think it was just sort of Spectre, like Quantum of Solace, is oddly forgettable in terms of the detail of it. I think I rewatched it about. I think I rewatched it a week or two ago, <laughs> but I actually can't remember. Um, or I certainly saw bits of it. And all the stuff about how, yeah, the irritating part about how um, Blofeld, oh, Blofeld's been behind everything. And there's an annoying bit. I did rewatch it. There's an annoying bit where Bond is there at the end of the film and Blofeld has somehow had time to like put up posters of like people from Bond's past on the walls of where they are, including um, the Javier Bardem Silver, mm. that character and stuff. And I think like your favourite tone, Vesper. Lynn, mm. Lynn. Um, the but concept like, that he's got like an art department and stuff, <laughs> so yeah. just marketing putting that together on Canva. But it's like <laughs> you know how how was he controlling silver? Why was that not mentioned? Why is as Dave has just said like why is this Safin guy yeah. like what he just had a grievance against these people? He wasn't going to take over the world. Why is he taking over the spec? I, I don't really. So I would say the the bad guys are the the, the real problem in in this one. Like, if, if there is a problem, it's, it's the bad guys. Blofeld, I just think, is terrible. Christoph Waltz's performance in both that, in both Spectre and this, uh, I, I, I don't get it. I don't get what he's doing. And, and I find it really annoying in Spectre that he's, like, supposedly been behind him. It doesn't make any sense in the... Like, when you then think about the previous films... Um, and everything in this with like it was like Hannibal Lecter all that I stuff. completely I agree it was really the, annoying yeah, it was the weakest part and it, the, the whole end the, the last well some of the ending was, was, was strong and actually like emotional for some people watching uh, well it's crossing some 
some weeping was going on to my side. Yeah. Yeah. That wasn't Pat. Wasn't there's it? nothing wrong um, with Macca showing emotion. <laughs> yeah, but so that so that obviously you know that I think it did land. It that, that it worked well. I think it yeah. was played out well. But the sort of the um, I don't know the sort of twenty or thirty minutes before that was definitely the weakest part mm. of the film with Remy Malek, who I, I like know. as an actor, but yeah. it, this is just the character. I thought was he was really poor and the really poor yeah. choice for that performance. I thought, and also yeah, the character was like I, I suppose. It was he was supposed to be kind of emotionless or sort of one note in terms of emotion, but it was just quite boring. And he's doing quite a weird voice. Mm. And also, like I know people have picked up on this, but it's like it's another Bond villain where he's got a facial disfigurement. It's like facial disfigurement equals evil, and it is act like it's actually becoming a bit problematic. I think, and so everything about that didn't work for me. But it didn't didn't spoil you're only saying because you've got a strange face (laughs) (laughs) i i I didn't get a haircut i didn't mind rami malik as much as you did i think but i but um blofeld yeah it's a bit annoying and it's like it's like the whole thing about him being like a sort of brother like kind of and how does that make any sense dave but also just like these elaborate prisons like, I get it when it's, like, Magneto and he needs an elaborate prison because he can control metal. So you put him... In, like, Blofeld is just, like... He's a bad guy, but yeah. he's kind of like a businessman more than anything. And then he's on this little, like, really slow train being, like, ricketed down to, like, Bond in an interview room. <laughs> yeah. like, he's done well with that eye thing. Yeah, he's done well yeah, with the eye thing. But like, but, like, if someone can get in to give him a fake eye, like, what, and they can get past this little train thing that's going on. <laughs> like, surely it just makes yeah, more sense to have armed guards just take him out of his cell and put him in an interview room. It did feel kind of like, weirdly unrealistic. That, yeah. Like, like, it sort of took me out of... Because it felt a bit more like Grindelwald or something in Harry... You know, it's like... There's almost it's like a like supernatural a element to, to, what, to what's going on. I, I didn't like that at all. Um, and then they're like, "Oh, he's just killed him." His because... death is really <laughs> disappointing. Yeah. He, he like grabs him, doesn't he? he? Grabs his throat, and then because Bond's sort of infected, that's all very complex as well. It's a very weirdly, you know, it used to be the case where it's like, and they they joke about this in, and this always comes up like in Austin Powers stuff, where there's like some really elaborate thing, and then Doctor Eva's like, "Oh, for God's sake, let, let's just hijack a nuclear." Warhead and hold a country ransom. But, like, plots in old Bond films were fairly simple. Mm. This one's, like, an engineered blood that can wipe out a target. Mm. But also, using that, think about it. Like, Bond turns up at a Spectre party, walks all the way around a Spectre party, and he's like, oh, basically all of Spectre are here. And it's like, okay, well, you you know that they know who you are. (laughs) Why? (laughs) Do you think there's a reason they're just letting you waltz around this party? Ah, lo and behold, it's a party to try and kill you. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a surprise. Yeah. And it's he's a, like, oh, it's a kill you what's party. going on here? Holly? Oh, no, I was just, you were just saying before about it taking you out of, what, how did you what did Yeah, you like it took me out of the, ex- the world. Out of, yeah, took yeah, me out of it. Very minor, but also did the same thing to me, was Hugh Dennis popping up <laughs> as a scientist at, like during the sort of opening what half an hour or so isn't mm. it and that was it was just a bit weird seeing him <laughs> it, like not saying he's a bad actor but yeah. seeing him in that film it just i felt it was a bit like oh <laughs> yeah a bit odd the scientists um, were hugh dennis andy parsons yeah <laughs> frankie boyle but no what i was going to say uh, the main point i was going to say was like it definitely does the bond thing it definitely ticks all the bond boxes you know the locations um the action set pieces, the, you know, the women, um, all those things are ticked. But I don't know if it's me. I just felt like he had, particularly in this one, more, the Bond character had more personality than he's had previously as well. Like, he seemed more, he just seemed more human than than previous. I don't know, it's hard to explain. He just felt a bit warmer, a bit like, yeah, I was probably... Yeah, I think that's fair. Patrick's got his hand up going, sir... So, yes, I massively agree with Macker on that. And one of the things which is interesting watching this one is that you realise in most Bond films, he very rarely has more than a few words at a time. He really doesn't. Like, he, he, it's very rare that he has, like, has a chunk of dialogue, really. Um, and in this one, he does. And so there are bits where, you know, like when he speaks to, I can't remember her name, the Leia Seydoux character... And, and yeah, and, and yeah. he and he and he's actually saying like, "Oh, you've given me a reason for," but that's Bond being 
Human. Uh, human. Yeah. And it, it, they've humanised him, and mm. he's just got more to do. So I actually... Um, it's quite funny, because I'm not sometimes a fan of Daniel Craig, but I thought he was better in this one, and did actually have... Maybe that's part of it. He had more to do, and he was able to do... He was given more scope for... Yeah, yeah I'd agree with that. Because I, I felt that I... I I, it surprised me actually. I hadn't really picked up on the fact and sort of noticed that he's the longest serving Bond, mm. and not in that, terms of number yeah. of films, but in terms of number of years. But I certainly felt in the Inspector that he was really phoning it in, and like famously, he'd kind of lost interest in the role, and you know was just doing it because he was under contract and for the money and stuff. But it, this one, it felt it felt it was a much better performance. I was much more, I got much more from him, but. Maybe it is because the he source had, material was yeah, just he had, better. He had more to do. Yeah, I think also more. that that um, and not in a kind of really with sort of a, a, a woke element or whatever. But but it, it helped that there was uh, a vulnerability to Bond, coupled with I think they got the balance right. He was still Bond, and it was still uh, you know all the usual stuff, and he was still tough and everything. But he had things to lose beyond himself that he cared about. And seemed to want to live more. Um, he had, yeah, more reasons to be, basically. And I think that that showed with the Felix Leiter stuff yeah. as well. That was some of the best bits, I think. Mm. That that was one of the, weirdly, I think the most moving bit is where, isn't it Blofeld, where he's like, my brother, James Blofeld, and he's like, I had a brother, Felix. Which is a funny one. It's also quite tragic, because it's like, oh, he was my best friend. It's like... He never sees it. Yeah, yeah <laughs> like, true. You know, cool. One one little quibble I had with it. What was the point of Lea Sedu <clears throat> initially just saying like it's not your daughter? Definitely not. Mm. She's like, she's literally it's like he's like but the eyes have got the same eyes and she's like yep but it's not yours and then like <laughs> a little bit later she's like later, she's it is yours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a real you emotional know, yeah. well, like, what was the point? Like also because Blofeld's been like ah she's got a little secret actually which is gonna <laughs> surprise you. It's like I guess it's the daughter. It's unbelievably harsh, really, to unless she didn't want to throw him off his work, to have someone who constantly faces death, you're keeping from him that he has a daughter when you know he could die at any point. Well, Do you know diff- what I mean? Well, like, diff- well different to that, I mean, that's generous. at that point, he's retired. And yeah. he's literally just living in Jamaica. So he's actually got all the time in the world to see a daughter. A, to, to raise a daughter. Mm, yeah. It's a good, good callback there to the, the song, All the Time yeah. in the World. Ollie, were you going to I know, I was just thinking before, it'd be interesting to see, because you talking about the troubled production on it before, and I was, I remember hearing or reading about that um, Phoebe Waller-Bridge was brought on to the script at some point during the production. So it'd be interesting to know where it was heading before that and whether she brought in that sort of, she had the idea of bringing in the sort of humanising Bond a bit more. Because it is definitely, like, less serious in it as well. He, he just seems to be more... just He's, he's, le- he's, not, he's still hard, because he's Bond, but he's, he's less... What I would say is there's, I mean? there's a, a lightness of touch to the whole thing, which was not the case in Spectre, or Skyfall, or... Yeah. Know, and it's, it's quite, you know, it's not typically the case with Bond, and I really enjoyed that. There's a really kind of... There's a real kind of paciness to it, and... Um, it just doesn't seem to get like bogged down. It's a little more real as well. Hmm. Uh, it's it's actually in in an odd way, um, and even some of the technology and some of the frightening technology or the ideas are not that far fetched. Even the fights and things, it's not. It's good. It's a good thing I think that it's not um, Matrix sort of so slick in this instance that um, that it's implausible. You know, and even like. I like the fact Bond wears kind of like, it looks quite an old-fashioned sort of um, leather holster. And he's good, he's obviously really good at his job, and good at the fighting and blah, blah, blah. But it's not kind of, um, you, you think of Die Another Day, invisible, they, invisible yeah. car and the surfing down a thing. This one, it's like, yeah, he's a good driver <laughs> and whatever. But <laughs> like, it's not... Mm. That's the most Die Another Day, because there was a period of the Bond films where the technology had become so out of kilter with what, you know, there were, there were it was there was too speculative and too mm-hmm. ambitious, and in fact that just the um, you know the technology to actually make it kind of appear well on screen wasn't just didn't exist. But yeah, it, it felt much more of the world we live in. And I know you obviously say like the nano nanobot kind of murdering 
whatever it was yeah. um, that in fact you know that was was spreading. I mean that that you know that's, that's quite hard to get your head around, and but it it still felt it feels slightly reasonable now. Yeah, um, but, yeah. Um, just on that note, it is, it's, and, and of course in the first one, isn't it? In Casino Royale, they openly addressed that. Do you remember with the first meeting with the new Q? Bond says, oh, great, a gun and a radio. And Q says, oh, what, we're expecting an exploding pen. We've kind of moved away from that. Which is a bit funny, because then there are some funny gadgets that come up later on. But Who plays Q in Casino Royale? Same guy. Is it Ben Wishon? Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't remember, because that's quite a long time ago now. Is it? it? Yeah, it must be. Daniel Craig was never in one with the previous... With John Cleese. John Cleese, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I forgot about John Cleese. Yeah. <laughs> John Cleese. No, it, no, it John... is because they meet in an art gallery and it's before they have that yeah, big exactly. airport scene. Yep. And he's like, oh, look, an old ship being towed away. It's not needed anymore and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. John yeah, Cleese, just, just John feels... Cleese, Hugh Dennis. <laughs> like... Just feels like Ben Whishaw is about, about 15 years old. No, it's, uh, I think Ben Whishaw started in Skyfall. Well, that's also part of the point, isn't it? Like Bond mentions that. Mm. I don't know why I remember that bit particularly well, but Bond says something like, um, no, when he says, I'm your new, I'm your new quartermaster, and Bond says, you've got to be joking. He says, what? Um, and Bond says, you've still got spots. Do you remember? And he's like, oh, but youth is no barrier to mm. whatever it is. Just to embarrass you, the Q does not appear in Casino Royale or Quantum of Solace. So Skyfall. Is, well, yeah, it must be when Ben Wishaw appears in, in Skyfall. Which is quite uh, odd. So who is the no-Q character? One of the things I really like about this film and actually um, the Daniel Craig era, although not Casino Royale or Quantum of Solace, is Q. I think ben, I just, ben Wishaw's great value in most things. And uh, I, I really enjoyed hit, hit like the... Uh, yeah, uh, those interactions and, and that. Yeah, that and he, he's in this is, one a lot. Yeah. And, uh, I think I he think they, really adds. I think they also handle well the um, without it becoming saccharine or sort of over the top. The fondness, unsentimental fondness for Bond. Mm. So, like when he has died, how clearly affected mm. Q is, and even the um, although that's I think probably something we should maybe quickly discuss is like the other 007. The new 007. But the part where she says. Sir, I'd like to sign the mm. 007 number to. Um, I didn't like that bit. I was going to say actually. that yeah. really. It didn't like, make much sense. She's been really like strong character throughout the whole yeah. thing, being like, "I'm the new 007." Just to suddenly be like, "Nah, go on, like, we'll give him it, <laughs> give him his number." It's like maybe she knew the number die, literally yeah. makes no difference to yeah. what's going on. Yeah, here. no, I agree. I didn't, I didn't like that bit. I don't, what I was going to say is just having said about like, yeah, I didn't like the bad guys. Um, I think there is some pretty ropey stuff in it, but I think it's massively counterbalanced by just some really good, well, lots of really good stuff, really good bits. Like you, Patrick, you talking about um, like Quantum of Solace being incredibly unmemorable. Like mm. I think there are. Lots of memorable scenes in this. Yeah, I think we'll like, have to return to that in about five years. But no, I agree. Maybe some of the set pieces are great. I, I like the opening, like the bit. The chase it's a bit weirdly that. like a horror movie. The the very opening. I, I, I loved that. it when he appeared yeah. in really the window. Good. I was just like very good. Really, Mars, really good bit. More Marston films. Like the, the bit on the ice was great. And then yeah. when it then goes to is it Italy? Yeah. That first scene on, on the motorbikes and stuff and Vespers grave explosion. That was all. Incredibly. The graveyard explosion properly made me jump. And so I just think it's stuff that you will actually remember, and mm. like that whole scene on the on the forest moon of Endor, you know, with, with like the mist. <laughs> with the mist, that's like, great. That's great forest bit, like amazing yeah. scene. Oh yeah, sorry, yeah. Um, yeah, with the defenders. That was very similar to the. Um, <laughs> yeah, to, I was expecting that, a, a stormtrooper to come by on one of those speeder bikes. <laughs> yeah, but, and um, it hit a wire. Yeah. More or less happened. Yeah, that, but, it did happen. But yeah. uh, so those are things that I think you will. Well, I certainly think I will remember and be like, oh yeah. Um, no time to die. No that's to die. the film yeah. with those bits, which I don't do with Quantum Solid. That opening, yeah, that opening, all the well, yeah, as you say, that opening sequence as a, just a contained unit was so well done. Um, great, great start to the movie, and it sort of yeah, definitely signaled it. So, you know, it's going to be slightly different. And he looks great more, wearing the mask considered. and all yeah. the snow gear, and it's quite it's quite scary when someone's so. When it's so unceremonious, someone dispatching mm. like a family or whatever, but it's like, yeah, it was a, it was quite an effective yeah. start. The, the, the part where you know when she first meets him again, Madeline, he mm. comes in for like a meeting. It, it, it was both so him being creepy towards her in the meeting, and I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. But he's got a box there, and I'm like, well, that's the mask. 
like straight away it was like also yeah. why are you carrying that around yeah. like <laughs> it's like and that's um, what i mean about but, that character it's just like what like but also you're bringing her back now why don't you just kill her when she was a kid if you wanted her dead like what's mm. what's this whole bit about I just didn't get yeah, yeah his, Remy Malik's character mm. motivations in any of it. Also, it just yeah, as I mentioned earlier, it didn't seem like age. Uh, the bit that I really, really liked, which I know we haven't talked about at all, which has got a really fleeting appearance from one de- character, Amos. yeah, Paloma. I thought she was fucking awesome. Oh, and yeah, Anna de Armas, the in other Cuba. girl, Cuba. Oh yeah. So yeah, she yeah, just like the one who's like pretends that she's got like no training and then just like kicks all the ass. Mm. And then Bond even says to her, he's like good to see a bit more of you and I was thinking like ah oh, cool I hope that means she comes back later in the film so that was it never yeah. mentioned again yeah no, that is a, that's a great sequence isn't it she's and so a great cool character. everything in yeah. Cuba actually was really good but I did feel like that was a bit of world building and it worries that me that she'll be back that she'll get her like her own film which I don't mind I don't think she'll get her own film but it'd be nice it'd possibly be good if she is in another Bond film well let we, we'll maybe talk about <laughs> how does that work though? we'll, we'll maybe talk about um where we think it might go next, or where we'd like it to go next, yeah. but but where where do you think? Can I just make a quick point? Just on the just on the, the fact, like yeah, thought I was running um, this, but okay. I do think like <laughs> <laughs> I do think uh, I should make a mental note to give films that finish themselves well more credit at the time, as in that are finished well, that are rounded off, that have a because so many films that we've taught, I'm thinking about you know, like Tenet, so, like they just the last yeah, third or the fair. final act just becomes a complete mess, and, and this is a bit like it pulls it back right at the end, but the, that whole kind of that whole sort of build up in the island, so it just felt it's like oh, I, I thought initially you meant something different, which was that you want films to have a neat ending, which I don't think is necessary. No, there's films neat which ending, are no. open ended at an end can yeah. be brilliant, um, or have a depressing ending or whatever it is can all be great, but uh, you know, yeah. Films which nail the yeah. last because that's that's very difficult. You know? Yeah, a lot of films. Um, yeah, but, you think of like I mean the ultimate one where it's just basically all about the ending, something like The Usual Suspects, where it's just like probably the best ending ever, and then then it just like finishes perfectly. We talked about this funny enough when we were never talking about, seen it, but you've told me the ending. Before. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know the ending? Yeah, because you told me, and then when you've seen yeah, it, no, right? But, it's like, no. Hang on a second. You always give this little disclaimer at the start. If you haven't seen it by now, <laughs> Usual Suspects came out like ninety three or something. I'll get around Sweet. to it. Um, Let's not do a spoiler for Usual Suspects here, though. Yeah. No. But Joker, that's one where I, I don't think anyone could persuade me that that film shouldn't end. There's too many negatives. Basically, the film should end with him on the car, which is an amazing scene. And he's finally like accepted or, and by this mob and sort of like dancing and then turning around and doing this thing where he spreads the blood around his lips and does this sort of grin. It, how did it not end there? It's like, there's a perfect end. And then there's like another 10 minutes, which is just pointless. I mean, yeah, we could talk about all these films, Return but think King. about Return of the King. Yeah. Like, it literally oh, has like an mm. ending. And then 20 minutes later, you're like, am I, well, how am I still watching this? <laughs> nine endings. Yeah. <laughs> I found, I did find the ending of No Time to Die slightly confusing, if only just going back to what we were talking about at the start, if only because like, uh, it's it is unambiguous that he's dead, but I was well, like, yeah. but because it's because it's missile blows and then up. They the yeah, um, but I was like, but he's James Bond, so he can't be dead. So I was kind of thinking like somehow he's going to have got out of this, but then he had. So I was kind of waiting for some reveal that didn't mm. that didn't come. I mean, the fact that like Palpatine is alive, <laughs> true. Yeah, <laughs> um, they'll find a way. <laughs> like I mean, it, it would be poor if they're mm. like, and no, he did get away through a tunnel it's just like no I don't think I'd do no. I think I, I, I spoke to the friend of mine who I went to watch this with in the UK we were talking about it afterwards and like I think probably how they're going to handle it is that it'll be Bond will be back but in a different type like in a different era in the, his life so whether it will be before all the events of the Craig series or if it's when he was young or something I don't think they'll like carry it on from there it has to go back to somewhere or at some point because like you said you can't oh no he actually survived mm. like he got blown out to the scene he's like that won't work and well, young, I, 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 young bond yeah like young sheldon but then you lose all <laughs> yeah. sense of peril don't you because yeah i don't quite get not to get too technical with it but you know basically he says like oh um 
uh, what's his name anyway? Rami Malek's character Something. has got the Bond blood vial, and he's like, now basically you can never touch, you know, the love of your life again, or your daughter, or blah blah blah, and you can't go near them, and all this sort of stuff. And then they're just like, oh no, okay, yeah, just bring on the missiles, and he's been injured and whatever. But it's like with all their skill and their and with Q and it's like it's a bit defeatist wasn't it mm. you know it's just like yeah, I reckon you could probably eventually find a way around that well no because I, th- I, no, I think I think that's going back to what we were saying before about his character and that historically in every Bond film Bond has always found a way out however ludicrous it was he's found a way out of the situations and with this one it was like the, the human element like he realised that he had nowhere to go and i I like that because it's i just brought it it made him feel human as opposed to you know super yeah i i do agree with that but then he's only known that he's had a family for about five minutes yes so but he knew well okay no he didn't know no no but he knew when he first met his daughter that that was his daughter Mm. no no i know but what i'm saying is like that character like at that point when he's like i've got nothing left to live for it's like we I yeah. do appreciate the fact that you've just discovered you have a family and that, that's obviously a very big yeah. thing, but you've lived the entire rest Two of your weeks life ago, you were, being yeah. just like a playboy doing what you want. Um, a thought I had is that actually, in its way, it's a good title because, like, is Bond actually now ready to die? It's very sad, especially in terms of what you're saying about, like, a young child mm. and he's only just got that part and he's got his life to look forward to, but... There's also like another, there's like a young daughter, there's a, there's a new life. Um, so like, is is it time to die for Bond? Yeah, well, we, we've kind of circled around this bit. Like where, so where do you, and Ollie, you've sort of given your idea, but where, where do you think they will go now? Or where would you like them to go? Who's going to be Bond? Well, that's the thing is that with the, with the 007 uh, being sort of passed around like a present in the, uh, you know, with, with is it Lashana Lynch? Mm. I just looked it up. Uh, Lashana Lynch. <laughs> was it? <laughs> it's like you looked at me and you knew that I knew you didn't know that. <laughs> that's that's the, br- oh, no. the briefest bluff I've mean, ever seen I in my life. Oh, fuck it, I was was it, um, if my memory serves me correctly, <laughs> yeah. the thing I looked up four see, seconds like, ago. fire in my eyes and changed his mind instantly. Yeah. Um, I think it was... Yeah, like, that, oh, no, the whole thing, though, of, of her being the, dub, the new 007... And then vacating it so that James Bond could take it back. But then, yeah, you can't just have another another person arriving called James Bond into that situation, can you? So, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they do. Yeah, because that's the thing, isn't it? It doesn't say at the end, like, 007 will return. It says, mm. yeah, James Bond will return. It's yeah. like, okay, well, this... That's tricky, isn't it? Yeah, yeah like because actually, you could you could go the way of being like, well, we'll make a character around Paloma, we'll make a character around... You know, Lashana Lynch's well, that, that, character. Yeah, that, like the, those are those are other routes, and actually, that moves the franchise away from a lot of the things that it's been criticised for. But actually, by saying <laughs> James Bond will be back, yeah, they've kind of yeah. Well, that's why. Yeah, I assumed that. Is that a reboot then? Well, no, I don't think they know. To Do be honest, they've got reboot? to work that one but out. Watching now. that in that moment, I was like, oh, okay, but that, 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 it makes sense now. That, yeah, that, that it'll be a new 007, but you know, they're obviously going to have to. They're going to have to change the... I mean, how many more films can you make about a guy called James Bond with all these cliches? You know, how many more time... Is it going to go on for another 50 years? Yeah. Um, Like, in a way, by just maybe getting rid of James Bond entirely, yeah, keeping it as a 007 thing, you then have the opportunity in, like, five or ten films' time, if it's still around, then to go back to James Bond and everyone's happy again because it's, like, you know, ticking all the sort of nostalgia boxes. Yeah, well, I mean, where... So where... So in terms of what they might do, I mean, presumably, as you say, Dave, it says James Bond will return. Presumably we don't think they are just going to end it now, so it will come back in some form. I would imagine... I suspect it will just be, like, a reboot. They'll just be like, yeah, the Daniel Craig Bond is dead, but this this is, like, a almost like a parallel universe type thing that's just, like... Well, that's it. So I, I don't know if maybe the way they're approaching it and the way and that it's a decision that they've consciously made maybe in this film or in the last couple of films, whereas in the part, because obviously someone like Blofeld has been killed and has come back for, for Spectre is saying, well, the Daniel Craig series of Bonds is one way of doing Bond. Roger Moore series is one way of doing And he didn't 
die at the end of those. You know, it's like we get different versions of Batman. Mm. That it's just and and that way it's not a twenty five film series. It's actually it's just a five film. Yeah, series. because I don't think yeah. they are saying that Daniel Craig is literally the same guy well, this as is, this, like George Lazenby or no. can Sean I just Connery? say this is, this brings brings so, back to what I was saying at the start, which is that it's rather confusing what this Bond has done. Mm. So you've got Daniel Craig doing the first film, Casino Royale. You're like, I don't know what his past is. You know, it's not like he's going, God, do you remember that woman with a spike in her shoe in Russia? <laughs> like, or like, oh, Goldfinger, that was a good one. Like, you know, but, but you've got the car. You've got the old car. It's just like, oh, nostalgia. Yeah. So it's like, hang on, I don't really know what's going on. And he's also not going like, oh, I remember when I got married and she died. Was like it, it, so, so it already does it. It does it with the different bonds anyway. It's just anything is n- without death. It's a bit like The Simpsons, isn't it? How there's like an episode of The Simpsons where Homer and Marge meet in the seventies, and then another one where they meet in the eighties, and another one where they meet in the nineties. Because like they've they've not aged, but the show's been running for thirty years. Yeah. It's like yeah, his presumably we don't we're not supposed to believe that Daniel Craig was on you know missions against the the Soviets in the sixties. You know, it doesn't make any sense. So it's slightly. It's left deliberately ambiguous mm. in that sense, isn't it? Where where do you think it sit? This film sits in the like in the pantheon in terms of, of quality of Bond movies. Yeah, in terms of quality. What's your favourite Bond film? This question, Ollie. Ooh, I don't know. I might have to come back to would me. this one I be this one would be this it, one for me be in the mix up there. I think for for quality for a quality film, I think it would be up there. For me, it would be top five. Dave. I think it could be it could be top five, but if it is, it's fifth. I can think of four Bond films I like better. Go on. So Goldfinger, GoldenEye, Casino Royale, and Skyfall. Actually, I could think of a sixth one, Thunderball. Mm. Like so, I so I put it top it top ten for me. But like, but those other Bond films I like probably because when I watched them, I was a bit younger. Yeah. And I hadn't seen. Have you watched them recently so again times. or not? Goldfinger I've watched recently, yeah. Because Goldeneye, like, I think for all of That's us, Gold, Goldeneye is pretty, um, you know, sort of looms quite large in our childhood. But a lot of that is, you know, that was, the, that was the, Bond, the first Bond film that came out when we were kids, basically. So it was a big deal from that point of view. And then there was the N64 game that obviously we played a lot of right up until quite recently. And very, very four, quotable as well. Four of us in this room studied Goldfinger as well. Yeah, But I, I, I re-watched Goldeneye quite recently like probably like three or four years ago i was like ah this hasn't maybe held up as yeah, well as i i rewatched it i wouldn't say it is one of the best bond films i w- rewatched it a few weeks ago actually um and it didn't hold up like it was still good it's still enjoyable it's, but it's fine, it, it yeah. wasn't like pierce brosnan not a great not a great bond really mm. the only thing is like do you think so mm. no. a film like goldeneye has got much better supporting characters so like alec trevelyan general oromov um Valen- Zena or Zenia, yeah. yeah, Valentine, like Natalia, those are, is Natalia. No, Natalia's not. I'm talking about yeah, yeah. the sort of sex craved like Famke Jansen yeah, yeah. character, but like those are all like really rich characters, and they're all quite interesting. And like Alex, a really good bad guy, like 006. That, so like that's where that film has its strength. So Pierce Brosnan and what's going on with him is, is slightly lesser, but it's also got great action scenes that we remember. I, do, I, yeah, think, I think Pierce right. Brosnan is a, is a good Bond. Because, I mean, not in Die Another Day or whatever, but that's just the whole film is riddled with crap. I don't know if necessarily some of it's his fault or not, but like in GoldenEye, Tomorrow Never Dies. I don't think the world is not enough is quite as bad as... It's, it's only nowhere near as bad as Die Another Day. But Who, hang on, who's I think the... he's quite good as in like his look, his sort of suave way. It, for, for the time, it worked. Like, I mean, it's quite weird to watch. Like, Roger Moore's quite an odd Bond, I think. Lazenby was a famously odd Bond. Who's your favourite Bond? Connery, I'd probably say. I'd go Connery. But it's funny, though, because you look back and he's, like, beating women and treating them really badly, like, in the films. Thunderball, he essentially commits rape, doesn't he? That's what (laughs) we're talking about. I said to Patrick the other day, we can maybe talk about this quickly, but both you and I separately watched Doctor No before going to see this Mm. Doctor No, obviously the first Bond film. Sean Connery, 32 years old, I think, when he made that, which is absolutely crazy to look back on now. He but, looks way older. Um, <laughs> it's quite, I found it really interesting watching Doctor No, actually, mm. just seeing like how far the series has travelled. But it was interesting that already in that first movie, a lot of the Bond tropes are there and feel kind of weirdly 
well-established. And what's very strange is that, for example, where they are with uh, at Dr. No's lair whatever, yeah. is not that different to where they are in this one mm. at the end. And they're the kind of, like, base and the... It's like, True. yeah, is it... it you watch that and you're like, oh, it's classic Bond. It's like, well, it is classic Bond. It's the first one. Well, yeah. It's, and it's, they're doing the classic Bond things. But it's interesting how there's some aspects of it that, that still survive today like that in no times. But in other ways, it is very, very different. Like, it's very kind of low-key yeah. and quite slow. Mm. And you pointed out that only about two people die in the whole thing. Like, there's like two henchmen yeah. that die and he kills one of them. He like strangles one in that... Um, oh, in like, a, like a marsh. In a marsh, yeah. And he's with uh, Ursula Andress, and she's, she's really, like, she's really upset, and like, how could you do that? And he's like, I had no choice. But like, and then you compare that to, yeah, like Spectre, where he's just dispatching <laughs> henchmen left, right, and center. That's um, yeah. We talking about Brosnan and that that era, like early two thousands, like it had become too. Uh, it was like too much product placement. It was too much about like the BMW little BMW car, and, and maybe it's just because I'm not as immersed in like all the kind of I don't you know I don't maybe follow all the stuff around it quite as closely as I might have done or, or taken as much interest in it sort of back in the day but it feels like there's just less there's less overt product placement and kind of certainly in this mm. one compared to like a few years ago which is quite Do nice Do you remember the Casino Royale watch thing? Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. I, Didn't yeah. you like like it? That thing at the time because I thought it was one of the most ridiculous things I I've can't ever remember seen. what I thought about Bearing it in mind <laughs> that you, you've ranted about well, we, we <laughs> ranted about Dune, and he says it was like one big watch advert. There's literally a watch yeah, advert in, within a yeah. Bond film where it isn't the line. She says, "Oh, what's nice that? Watch, oh, man. what's that? Uh, Rolex." And he goes, "No, Omega." And yeah. she's like, <laughs> "That's classy." And you're like, "What am I watching?" Yeah. I don't There's know still quite the... a bit of product placement, though, is there? Because he's like in the last few films, like Daniel Craig's been drinking a lot of Heineken in the Bond films, <laughs> which is a weird one. <laughs> Chugging yeah. special brew. Uh, 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 yeah, check us a Carling, will you? Um? It's interesting. I, I don't know. I hadn't sort of thought about it so much in terms of product placement, but just what you're saying about this too much focus on the cars and things like that. Because that, that's why, just going back to what I said at the very start about, like, I was pleasantly surprised by this one. I came out of Spectre thinking maybe I just don't like Bond films yeah. anymore because it did. It, it did feel like it just ticked all the boxes for Bond. But I was like, but that's not doing anything for me anymore. Whereas this one, it's it actually managed to still do that, but it didn't kind of dwell too much yeah, on the BMWs and things and had depth to the characters. And so I, I just found it much more interesting and engaging and enjoyable than, than I think that's the last one of the few. reasons it deserves a good uh, review, because a good score and things, because it's hard. It's a very hard task to have done an- another Bond and to do something where you maintain what's important in the Bond films. And the, obviously the one which the divide opinion is Bond being killed, but you have enough difference to make it enjoyable and kind of moving and intriguing, but you satisfy the, mm. the people who like the, the positive or good aspects of the old one. So in terms of what they set out to do and the task they had, I think you have to... Um, uh, re- reward it well. Mm. I was going to say, you mentioned Lashana Lynch before, born November, <laughs> November 27, 1987, actually. What was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I suddenly remembered that. I, you know, I kind of do research. Okay. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna bring this to an end in a sec, but um, just before we go, just a little, little question to throw out there. What is your favourite... We've asked you what your favourite Bond film is. What is your favourite no, James answer. Bond? You didn't ask me, actually. No, none of it. You, you, you literally only... <laughs> yeah, you're, you're like, like final words, Ollie and Dave. <laughs> right. That side of the road. This is the gist <laughs> that you guys are getting. His apartment, my film stage prize, not asking you guys what Anything. You Any opinion. I'll put a pin in what I was going to ask. Yeah. Tony, what's your favourite Bond film? No, I don't really have one. <laughs> Patrick? No, <laughs> Brilliant. Really I think I, I'm similar, probably similar to Dave. Yeah. I think Goldfinger, partly because we like watched it a lot when we were... Younger and we did it. We did it when we were doing film studies, <laughs> um, but it is great as well. And it's a very that's a that's a great one, which is quite low key, and it's like a good baddie. And it's the golf scene. Look, the golf scene yeah. so simple, but like great. Yeah. And Goldfinger cheats golf. He's a bit like Trump, actually, Goldfinger. But um, <laughs> that's great. Like, yeah, Doctor No is too. I just can't. You know, the sort of. Um, the non-Chinese oh. Chinese in it. So it's just very. It's, it's a bit awkward to watch. Yeah. Um, yeah, some of those, are, and then I think yeah, Goldeneye. Um, yeah, I, think, I do think yeah, for like Goldeneye for the nos- the pure nostalgia for us, probably from those old ones, Goldfinger and Thunderball, probably the ones. Yeah, that, maybe the, Casino Royale and then Casino Royale from the, from the modern from the Craig yeah, era, from the Eva Green era. Um, 
Okay. Have you... <laughs> not long enough. But... You're happy now? You're satisfied now? Uh, <laughs> yeah, you the right, yeah. I'll probably cut it out. But yeah. <laughs> um, No, what I was going to ask is, what is your favourite James Bond theme? The music. And what did you think in, in this one? I was hoping <laughs> for a better question, What did you think actually? of Eilish? <laughs> uh, uh, I... I, I <laughs> that was a really weird noise. I don't want to feel. I don't, don't want to seem too out of touch, but I don't. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't really connect with Billy Eilish's music hugely, and <laughs> I didn't really like the song. Yeah, I don't mind the song. The song's, I mean, I did like the song's fine. fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, fine. Like it's, it reminded me a lot of Skyfall. In let the sky uh, fall. That's uh, <laughs> just now time to die. Anyway, is that how it goes? I don't know. <laughs> something like that. I don't just know. I think like something time. like Diamonds Are Forever. Yeah, is I was going to say cool, Diamonds Are Forever. It? Interesting. I like oh, Golden Eye. The Golden Eye theme tune is mm. cracking. What's Golden that? Eye. That's how it goes, isn't it? A oh, actually, the weirdness, the weirdness again of it's Shirley Bassey, isn't it? Yeah. Doing the gold thing, a really weird voice. Goldfinger. <laughs> He's the man, the man, man with, with the mightiest touch. David Lex sings all your favourite James Bond themes. <laughs> Including Goldfinger. Awesome. Yeah. Um, Notable worst Bond theme, though, is that terrible. Is it Jack White and. Um, he did Quantum of Solace. The, was, that, yeah. was that Jack White? Yeah, was Jack Wasn't it Chris, um, the Chris, guy from Audio Slave? Oh, did Chris one. Cornell did one as well. Yeah. Who's the one? Who, what's the guy's name? Um, Sam. Sam. Smith. Yeah. Oh, I don't really dreadful. like that one. Yeah, that one stop getting the... the poor guy to sing that high. It doesn't sound good as well. Have you? Have also, you, the have name you heard... of that one was different. To Jack the White and Alicia Keys. Yeah, that Quantum of Solace. Shit. Have you? Have you? Have you heard the unreleased Radiohead Spectre song? That is good. That's cool. Yeah. None of you mentioned A View to a Kill, Duran Duran, or The Living Daylights, aha. Yeah, but you're the most 80s biased. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, live, and yeah, live and Let that's Die. Yeah, Live and Let Die. That's pretty good. Live and Let Die. Is that Paul McCartney in the wings? <laughs> Doing them all, yeah, that's Shirley Bassey. Wings, yeah. yeah. Live and Let Die. <laughs> Good place to finish, actually. <laughs> the most boring answer to this, I suppose, it would be Doctor No, wouldn't it? Just the James Bond theme. All right, I think we're rambling now, aren't we? Yeah. Let's bring this to an end. Thanks, everybody. Cheerio. Cheers. Thank you for that. Cheers. Had a great time. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Roger Moore went on too long, didn't he? In you a mean view- as a person? <laughs> no, <laughs> as, 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 so harsh. As Before our scores, let's let's get a flavour from the critics. Ollie, you have got the scores from Rotten Tomatoes, IMDb, and Metacritic. Reading synopsis first, or was that afterwards? Uh, good point. Don't synopsis shame him. Just no, the saying is that the running. Order. I should do the synopsis, shouldn't I? Yeah. Should I do the synopsis? Still annoyed about the flat. <laughs> <laughs> I, There's a grotty I, little... Uh, <laughs> grotty right. little synopsis coming out. <laughs>